Good morning, church, and welcome to 2022. It is a privilege to have my wife sharing with you. We're going to do something completely different uh, with you this morning. We're going to share some prophetic words that we think will be so good for the church this year. I must admit, I'm feeling a little bit vulnerable as we put this onto the internet. But as I look through scripture, I see again and again the need to prophesy and discern. And so as you look through kind of the sons of Issachar in David's time, and, and it says about them that they understood the times mm. and they were able to lead mm. the nation of Israel into right decisions around mm. planting and harvesting that they, mm. they could discern. And the, the gift of discernment is such a powerful gift when used right in scripture. Mm. Jesus actually says to the Pharisees, he says, Guys, you, you don't know how to discern the times. You know how to discern the weather, but you don't know how to discern the times. Mm. And your framework of thinking is messing up uh, your ability to see who's in front of you. Mm. And uh, the last kind of example before Em shares her prophecy, which I'm really excited for you to hear, is, is when in Acts chapter 11, there's this incredible moment. And uh, this prophet comes from Antioch. His name's Agabus. Uh, sorry, he comes to Antioch from Jerusalem. And he prophesies that there's going to be a drought across the entire Roman Empire into Jerusalem. And he then kind of lays that prophecy before the church and the church discerns. So these mm -hmm. two gifts come together and the church discerns that what they need to do is raise funding or food for the church in Jerusalem. Now, what's, what's interesting is if a prophecy came to South Africa that we need to, um, that there's a drought coming, we would start to pray that God would send rain. But they discerned that they needed to get food to Jerusalem. And in that moment, they steward grace because God gives grace to them to have more than enough so that they can give to Jerusalem so that they have more than enough and so both live in abundance. So when we share this prophetic sense for the year, our hope is that the church will be able to discern it. And at the end of this, I'll, I'll give some next steps towards that. But we'd be able to walk in huge amounts of grace. Mm. So that's my heart for today. And I'm so pumped to have you mm. with me here. Thanks, baby. How's it, Olive Tree? It's so good to be with you guys via video this morning. Happy 2022. Um, yeah, I think even as Ross was sharing, I last night when I was thinking about this morning, I had such a sense that this prophetic word is going to prepare us for our new year. And so whatever it is that you, like if you think about if you bake or if you cook, um, if you're working on a new project at work, there's certain things that you have to do in order to prepare for that project. And I just really get a sense that these words, and I think our prayer and our hope and our intention is that these words would really prepare our hearts and our spirits for this year. And that there may even be, as Ross shared that scripture on Antioch, that there may be some practical things that we need to do in order to prepare ourselves um, for the year, which is really cool. So um, in praying for 2022, I am really excited. I believe that it's going to be, um, we're going to see some fresh wind. And I really think my word specifically is that we're going to have life in color. Just keep getting that sense over and over again, life in color. Um, if you look at Matthew 5 in the message version, it says this. Let me tell you why you are here. You're here to be salt seasoning that brings out the God flavors of this earth. Here's another way to put it. You're here to be light, bringing out the God colors in the world. 
And so Jesus, just as we talk, I'm just, Holy Spirit, would you, as we're talking and sharing, would you just continue to stir? Would you sow these seeds into our hearts? Would you bring them to life? Um, Holy Spirit, we want a year of color. Ezekiel 37 says this, prophesy to these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath into you and you will come to life. Prophesy to the breath, prophesy son of man and say to it, this is what the sovereign Lord says, come breath from the four winds and breathe into these slain that they may live life and color. I will put my spirit in you and you will live and I will settle you in your own land. Then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken and I have done it, declares the Lord. And so friends, over the course of this year, the situations that you're facing, I'm really trusting God that our lives are going to be full of color, that people around us are going to see God color in our lives and that it's going to give glory to him. Um, I know that all of us over the last 18 months, 20 years, things um, have been consumed by a fire around us. Some things at the moment in our lives are in ashes. Maybe some of our personal lives, some of our financial lives, some of our professional lives. And I am trusting Jesus that this word is true and accurate that our lives are going to come back to color and that things that have been slain and dead, Holy Spirit, that you're going to breathe into them and that they're going to come back to life. So with that word of color, the the sense I had was that a burning has happened that hope may happen, which sounds like a bit of a contrast. But uh, when you think about it, <clears throat> throughout the last two years, we've had burning, which means uh, destroying, damaging, and injuring because of flames. And when you think about the burning, we've had burning because of a disease, we've had burning because of social media kind of fires from Black Lives Matter all the way through to gender issues. Across every single spectrum, it seems like there've been these flames that have come come through. And, and the burning has not just burnt um, establishments, it's also burnt through looting. It's burnt resources, it's burnt thinking, it's burnt all the ways we used to work. And I felt like God said to me, and it's good. There's so much good in it because it has burnt weeds. And so I, I believe that there's an incredible amount of grace for next year. So I've, I've just, I'm going to read to you what I, I kind of sensed and wrote down. And uh, if you're kind of new to this, know that we, we get a sense and then we try and articulate it as we pray. But um, I felt like God said, say the fire has burnt a number of good things, but it has also burnt the weeds, the weeds that could be um, weeds in your business, money that you shouldn't be spending, uh, inefficient ways of doing things, weeds in your spiritual life, weeds of consumerism, weeds that just throttle the life of God from you. And I felt like what he said is what we have to recognize in our spirits and in our world is that that though the loss has in many ways been devastating, the freedom you have when the weeds have been burnt out of your budgets and unnecessary spending is enormous. I felt God show me that there is an incredible amount of grace to rebuild despite what has been taken away with what has been left. There is grace for people to rebuild their lives on a better foundation. The foundation that people have been building on has been far from ideal. And we've chosen stones for foundations instead of rocks. 
We've lived off water that we found easily in the pools left from the rain instead of pure unfiltered water from the Holy Spirit, from the heavens and from, from underground sources from where God wanted us to drink from. And there are opportunities when the flame has run through a field that were not there before. The soil's richer than it ever was and the trees that stopped the planting have been burnt down. Mm. The good and the bad has been removed. The opportunity is now at hand to rebuild your life and rebuild your focus in rich soil filled with opportunity. We have to have eyes to see the richness of the soil and not the darkness of the burnt landscape. Many will be caught up in debates and arguments on things that have been burnt up that are out of our control, but we need to focus on God, His promises, and continue to build. I really believe that 2022 is a year to sow and build. We need to focus on building new lives, planting new trees, and establishing new ways of thinking in our, in our lives. Many who have not swayed from how they used to do things will fail in this next season. And many who have kept their heads under cover and isolation will begin to put their heads out and see clearly again. I feel that God is going to rain on us. But if we don't look for the grace and we don't shift our perspective on how things need to happen, I feel that we're going to miss out. And as I was kind of thinking of this, I, was, I looked at forest fires. You know, a forest fire burns through. And when it burns through, what it does is it takes vegetation that would actually take years and years and years to release its nutrients into the soil, often decades. And in an instant, it releases them all those nutrients into the soil. So the soil becomes enormously mm -hmm. rich. Mm -hmm. But it also, what it does by removing the big trees and the established things, which you can name them from ways of doing business to, I mean, when you get a disruptive technology, it removes established ways. When, when a fire comes through, it, it removes established trees that, that kind of have an ecology all around themselves, an ecosystem all around themselves. It removes it. And what happens is that diversity comes up. And so uh, I, I looked at a study, you know, they, they did a study on, on about nine hectares, which is like nine rugby fields. And what they said is that, that in a place that had no burning happen mm -hmm. over, over a course of 40 years, the, the ecology there, the number of species of plants and animals, was 90% less than a, a piece of ground that had been burnt every five years. Mm. You know, there's a richness that happens in the burning. When things get removed, other things grow. Mm. And uh, if you look at what comes first, um, you, you would have, if you've done any um, research, you would have found this, this phenomenon known as a super bloom. And I've got this image to show, but a super bloom is often flowers that just explode across the landscape. Maybe you've seen them in the Cape. What that is, is when rain lands on very rich soil, flowers grow faster than ever before. And then what you see when a forest is reforming is it goes from flowers to grasses and from grasses to shrubs. And then years later, because the shrubs start to form a canopy, big trees can start to grow up in there again. And, and what I was thinking about as I kind of meditated on this word was that people need to be realistic in this next season. I think there is so much grace for planting a lot and seeing rapid growth. Mm. 
But if your expectation is that you would see the big trees, the big establishments, the big ways that things used to be, the big stadiums full of people at the rugby, the big, the big way my business used to work, if your expectation is that, I don't think it's realistic. I think we're going into a season where you will sow lots and reap fast, but it won't be the way it was established before. And if we can have eyes to see that, I believe that we'll be incredibly blessed. Hmm. Good word, baby. Shall we pray, guys? I really am just trusting that the Holy Spirit is going to take these seeds and going to water them um, and help us prepare for 2022. So my wife will pray and then I'll preach into this. Jesus, I just want to thank you, God, for your Holy Spirit. God, thank you that you don't need us alone. Thank you that you never leave us nor forsake us, Jesus. Holy Spirit, right now I want to just ask that wherever people are sitting at home, wherever they are in their bedrooms, in their lounges, in their dining rooms, Holy Spirit, that you would move, that you would make known to them the truth that you want for them for this year. God, would you take these words and these thoughts, would you plant them? God, I know that your word says that it is you who causes things to grow. So God, as you, as you rain down, would you cause these seeds and these words to grow in our lives? Would you prepare us, Holy Spirit, for 2022? Would you help us to have wisdom and discernment to discern each step that we need to take, God? God, and from the ashes of the last 18 months to two mm -hmm. years, God, from the ashes, mm -hmm. I know, God, that you never waste a thing. Mm -hmm. That the ashes have caused the soil of our lives to be rich in nutrients. God, thank you that you are going to bring our lives back to full color. Amen. God, thank you that we are going to see super blooms yes, God. throughout our lives in our parenting, in our marriages, in our finances, we declare super blooms, God. Yes, God. God, we declare life and color within our organizations and our corporates, within um, our schools, within the municipality, we declare life, super blooms. God, would you just bring color back? God, where things have died, would you just breathe your life, Holy Spirit? Thank you, God. We love you, Jesus. And we give you honor and glory. Yeah, thank you for this day, Jesus. Thank you for what lies ahead of us this year. Amen. Amen. I hope you enjoyed that and I hope it blessed you. What I want to do now is kind of give you some handles on what you do with that word. Uh, I was looking throughout scripture to, to find pictures of people rebuilding and the book of Nehemiah is one of the greatest pictures of people rebuilding and it's it's almost like in Nehemiah one season comes to an end and another one starts and uh, I believe what's happened over the last couple of years is that a season's come to an end and another season started see what the miracle in the book of Nehemiah is God calls Nehemiah to rebuild the walls but if you think about the miracle in, in the book of Nehemiah the miracle isn't that uh, God does something for the people, it's that God does something through the people. If you think of 
or Moses' miracles. They were miracles where God did something for them. God opened the sea. God caused water to come from rocks. God created plagues. God caused manna from heaven. God did for the people. But as soon as they cross into the promised land, God does through the people. I believe, if I look back over the last two years, I see God doing stuff for us. I don't know how he provided. I don't. Those were miracles, how he protected, how he worked. I felt like God was doing stuff for us. But I feel like in this next season, as we begin to sow and expect the grace of God to create lots and lots of green shoots and super blooms, I believe that he's going to do stuff through us. But you're going to come against challenges, which is why the book of Nehemiah is so good. In Nehemiah chapter 4, it says this, But it so happened when Sanballat heard that we were rebuilding the wall, he was furious and very indignant and mocked the Jews. And he spoke before his brothers and the army of Samaria and said, What are these feeble Jews doing? Will they fortify themselves? Will they offer sacrifices? Will they complete it in a day? Will they revive the stones from the heaps of rubbish, stones that are burnt? Now Tobiah the Ammonite was beside him. And he said, Whatever they build, even if a fox goes up on it, he will break down their stone wall. I want you to know this. If you set your heart to rebuilding in 2022, you are going to be bombarded with ridicule. Just like they were. You're going to be bombarded with ridicule on why on earth are you staying in the country? How do you think this place is going to turn around? Why do you think you can rebuild here? That ridicule is just going to come smashing you. And here's the thing about the ridicule. It will be logical. These arguments that were thrown at at the Jews were logical. The, the stones were burnt. The place was a mess. The chances of them getting it up and staying united was almost impossible. The miracle that happened here wasn't that God rebuilt the wall. The miracle was that God united them in heart, gave them the willpower and the chaos, the energy to keep going for 52 days after they couldn't do it in 71 years. The miracle was that Nehemiah, whose name means comforter, the comforter, the Holy Spirit, was amongst them. In this next season, because you're going to be bombarded by bad news headlines, by people ridiculing you, and by friends and family who are wanting to tear you away, you have to create riverbanks or walls that protect you. You have to create almost clusters of community that are full of faith and are discerning the times and running with it. Because Otherwise, you will be so discouraged by the constant nagging of this place is going to pot that you will struggle to sow. And when you struggle to sow, you cannot reap. So this is what they do. They pray, they give testimony, and they declare. They pray because when we pray, we're strong. They give testimony because you're overcome by the testimony in the blood of the Lamb. And they declare because when you praise, you are united in spirit and you are strengthened. So he, he says this in Nehemiah 2.18. When he's trying to recruit the Jews, the people who called to rebuild their wall, he's trying to recruit them to rebuild the wall. And I just want to say this to you. The hardest people often to recruit to the thing they called to do is the people who called to do it. The family members, the friends closest to you. The father-in-law, the mother-in-law, the, the people who you have gone to for safety 
are often the people who are hardest to bring on board. And so this is how he brings them on board. He says, I told them of the hand of my God, which has been good upon me, and also of the king's words that he had spoken to me. This is test me. Here's what he was saying. I went to the king with a mopey face, and he should have killed me, but God. Whenever you put that statement into a sentence, the country is in trouble, but God. I don't know how I'm going to make this, but God. What you're doing is you're declaring in faith or you're telling a story of God's goodness. And in doing that, you literally release spiritual power into circumstances. You have to be able to build communities that are testifying of the goodness of God. So he says, Nehemiah, uh, the king should have killed me, Nehemiah says, but God caused him to fund me. And then when, when they're still doubting, he says to them, so I answered them and said to them, the God of heaven himself will prosper us. Therefore, we, his servants, will arise and build. He, he is declaring from prophecies from Daniel, Jeremiah, Isaiah, Amos. He, he's reaching into all those prophecies and he's taking out the theme. God said that he'll prosper us. He would have been quoting scriptures here. You know, this is a bit of a summary version, but, but what you do when you are declaring scriptures, it's what we do in our worship. If, if you sing songs with us, what you'll notice about those songs is that they declare the goodness of God in unknown circumstances. When you're doing that, it is an act of faith. Our worship is an act of declaration, which is faith. And in that space, you find your spirit grows. When your spirit is growing, your flesh is weakening. And you can overcome obstacles that you wouldn't otherwise be able to overcome. So they pray, they give testimony, and they declare. Now, the last thing they do, and this kind of, if those are the three ingredients, this is the baking tray. It says, when they got halfway up the wall, it says, so we built the wall and the entire wall was joined together up to half its height. For the people had a mind to work. That was the miracle. The people had a mind to work. You, you will find that if you walk in faith, you will have a mind to work. And those around you will have a mind to work because of the Spirit of God working in you. And then it says, Now it happened when Sanballat, Tobiah, the Arabs, News 24, and the Ashdodites heard that the walls of Jerusalem were being restored and the gaps were beginning to be closed. When, when things are starting to look like they're going right. Then what happens is they conspired together to come and attack Jerusalem and create confusion. Nevertheless, we prayed, we made a prayer to God, and because of them, we set a watch against them day and night. Then Judah said, the strength of the laborers, listen to this, the strength of the laborers is failing, and there is so much rubbish that we are not able to build the wall. This will be the words that come against you sometime this year. My strength is failing. I don't know how we're going to rebuild. The challenges are too much. You will hear that. Be prepared for it. And then it goes on. And it says, therefore, I positioned men. I ignored their accusations. And I positioned men behind the lower parts of the wall, the openings. And I set the people according to their families with their swords, their spears, and their bows. And I looked and arose and said to the nobles, to the leaders, and to the rest, of the people do not be afraid of them remember the lord 
great and awesome and fight for your brothers, your sons, your daughters, your wives and your houses. And it happened when our enemies heard that it was known to us and that God had brought their plot to no nothing, that all of us returned to the war, everyone to his work. Here's the, the baking tray for the ingredients. A community around you that is united in the heart to sow into rich soil to produce a super, super bloom. As you know, the Bible says, Joshua says this, as for me and my house, I will serve the Lord. I want to tell you this, as for me and my family, we will find other families around us who are convinced that the soil is rich and if we sow now, we will reap a super bloom. I can't afford to isolate myself and I can't afford to have a community of people who kind of wishy-washy on whether God has grace for the next season or not. I literally have to fight to create a community around myself that declares the promises of God, that focuses not on the news headlines, but on what God has said, and who keeps telling testimony of little green shoots popping out of the ground. I have a tree in my garden. And uh, a couple of years ago, my wife said to me, please can we chop it out because it's ugly. And then the rains came. And I'd kept saying to her, I like the tree, please can we keep the tree. And when the rains came, these little green shoots began to pop out all over the tree. And I felt like God said to me, hope tree. Hope tree. Friends, you need to find a community that has a hope tree at the center. That is based on the testimony of God, the prayer of the saints, and praise. And if you will find that, and if you'll find a little oasis of people who look for grace, not for, look for problems, who look for grace, I believe 2022 will be one of the most extraordinary years of your life. And you will plant and see a harvest. And so my prayer for you this day is that you begin to find hope in this prophetic word and you begin to build around you an oasis of a community that can lead you into the future. May God bless you and fill you with his hope.